In our last session, we looked at some practical insights in ways that Jesus helps us to better understand and honor our spouse in marriage. We learned how to listen well and to take our communication to a deeper level. Yet sometimes we fall short and we end up wounding one another. What do we do then? In this last session, Jim and Arlene are going to look at some practical ways that Jesus can save your marriage. As we've been talking about our marriages, and I I hope that you've been thinking through some of the things that have been brought to light in your own marriage, we've come to look at this scripture very closely from 1 Peter 3, verse 7. And it just reminds us that there are two words, as we saw Jesus is building our marriage, uh, the two words, understanding and honor, are important as tools to help us in the building project that is our relationship. Mm-hmm. And today we want to talk about the third word in that verse, which is the word grace. Mm-hmm. We are heirs together. We receive all of the fullness of God's grace. We often think of that as something that the gospel brings to us as sinners who are forgiven, but that can come right into our marriage. We are, we are married within his grace to us, and we have it all uh, that he has given us. So we're, we're very excited to talk today about, about that word grace and where it finds us in great need sometimes. And we know that uh, it is true that God cares so deeply about our marriage. He uh, has a purpose for both of us in showing the watching world that Christ is alive, but he is also beautiful. And his church, in fact, he describes as his very own brides. I mean, here is Jesus caring for his bride and cleansing and washing her and uh, presenting her. Uh, complete in him. So as we show the uh, understanding and the honor to one another, there's a promise in the verse, and I love this. It says, our prayers will not be hindered. They will not be blocked. When we pray, God will open up the doors for us, and it will be beautiful. And that can happen in, in your marriage as well. Well, we're very needy, though. That grace is so important to us in our marriages. We need that grace for the covenant of our marriage. And that's what marriage is. It's built on this sacred covenant before God, and, but comes with this promise of God's grace to us when we marry. But what that means is each of us gives the best of ourselves, all of ourselves, to the other person. We don't hold anything back. We're just putting it all out there. And this is how our marriages are going to stand out. In today's world, having a marriage that's built on that kind of commitment to each other and that sense of connectedness is something that's going to be so different that the watching world will be looking to see how does this work? How can it possibly be true? And this is how Christ and his love begins to look beautiful to the watching world. Of course, we know a covenant marriage is not something we can nurture by ourselves. We need help to do that. We've talked about tools, but it's so great to look in Hebrews and see that it says that we can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. 
God, in fact, is drawing us and calling us to bring ourselves and our marriage before him and put it at his feet and ask for his blessing and his strength and his joy, his power in that. When we think of prayer, it is such an important piece in our marriages. And you know, we, when we've talked to couples who've been married, we'll say, do you pray for each other? And of course they always do. They say, oh yeah, I, I pray for my husband. Oh yes, I pray for my wife. But wait, does your husband hear you, your voice praying for him? Do you pray together for each other? Does your wife hear your voice praying for her? There's a big difference because when we join our voices together to pray for each other, it joins our souls and our hearts in a way that is so much greater than just the words and the voice. So I want to challenge you to that, to um, just to take the time to stop and pray for your spouse and then and then the other person prays again just it doesn't have to be long it doesn't have it can just be a short prayer but to spend a few minutes praying for each other praying for the blessing of God on your lives in your marriage together as his couple who he has called I'd like to invite you right now to pause this recording so that you can spend a few minutes taking turns, praying for each other, and hearing the sound of your spouse's voice, praying aloud for you before God's throne of grace. Thank you for taking the time to pray with your spouse. Grace is going to meet us where God pursues us. Sometimes we forget that that God knows exactly where we're headed and he is not far behind. And so sometimes when I'm not open to, to the things of the Lord and I don't want to hear from him, he shows me in surprising ways that he is there. One of those areas is in the area when we have conflict. Uh, there is grace for our difficulties and our disagreements. And grace is not just a matter of following the rules that God sets out. Rules are important, but look what grace does. In, in times of conflict, grace gives. It doesn't just take away. Grace overlooks. Sometimes we need to just set that aside and realize that, you know, we need to give some grace. Grace encourages the other person, builds them up. Grace affirms them, say, yes, you show this strength. Grace is something that sometimes yields. It just lets the other person have uh, the attention that they need or deserve. And grace accepts the person, even if they have a different idea. So in all of these things, what happens when you have a conflict with your spouse? Um, and you sometimes feel that you're stuck and can't move forward. We have a couple of guidelines. There, there are just a few, but here's one. Just try to say in a simple way what the problem is. And each person can take a little bit of time to speak. We're not attacking the other person. We're saying, here's the problem. It isn't you. The problem is here. 
and listen to each other, secondly. You know, not, not to shame the person, no blame, don't make room for those, but to actually hear what is the problem from the other person. And a big one for us is not just to focus on who is right. Uh, are you like me? I like to be right. I like to be the, the winner. Um, but no, we have to focus on what is right, not who is right. And then this sometimes is difficult, but it, it can be enjoyable too. Put all your ideas together for what you might need to do next. Maybe make a list of five solutions that might work. As you've outlined the problem, there's not just one way. Often I've thought, this is the right way, and this is how to do it. But then I have the right way. No, but you have the wrong way. I'm the winner. No, but mine is right. Well, that's good luck. <laughs> now, we put the ideas together, even if we don't think they taste good, but make a list of five solutions, and then together agree that we're going to try one of those five solutions. And we might even schedule a time, put it somewhere that we can write down. We're going to come back and see how well that worked or if it worked at all. But then I think that's important not to give up then because some people just, they try it and it doesn't work so then they just quit. But you have four more possible Well, that's avenues. the thing. Yeah. So you can keep yeah. coming back to it. And, and certainly this, to pray and ask God to give you the wisdom for that and the patience that goes with that. And yes, do you remember the big word? The grace that you're giving. So here's the question. Do you have, both of you, share the grace of God that is his gift to you? If you do have the grace of God, you know, for, the, for us what this means is that we can move closer to each other Mm -hmm. with a gentle spirit that opens up that spirit. Mm -hmm. And that is so important. Mm -hmm. Well, another difficult area for which we need grace is in forgiveness. And you know, um, Ruth Bell Graham, who was Billy Graham's wife, made a famous statement, and she said, a good marriage is made up of two good forgivers, not just one. So it can't always be just one person forgiving the other, but we both have to be prepared to forgive equally. And you know, we have to be honest. Um, when our spouse wounds us in some way, we all have two choices to make. And sometimes there's just a very short period of time to make that choice. So I always think it's kind of good to think ahead of time what you will do instead of waiting for the actual event. Just to make up your mind ahead of time, when I get hurt, this is what I'm going to do when I get wounded. Your first choice is you can make the other person suffer. You can um, hold back from the relationship, you know, kind of do be cold to your spouse. You can kind of do something to get back at them, like you could kind of accidentally on purpose burn his breakfast eggs oh I'm so sorry or the husband could forget to take his muddy shoes off before he comes in the house see those are little 
ways that we can get back at each other. You can get angry and say hurtful things straight to the other person's face, things which you can never take back, of course. You can't really erase those. The other thing you can do is tell everybody about it. You know, tell all your friends, tell all your neighbors. And you know, all these things will bring some satisfaction for a little while. But here's the problem. <clears throat> when there's no forgiveness, it's almost like every one of that, those wounds, you're collecting them. And you're putting them into your backpack. You're taking account of all the injuries that have happened to you and all the hurtful words that have been said. And now you've got this big, heavy pack that you're carrying around all over the place. Because the truth is that when you refuse to choose to forgive, your heart becomes cold and bitter. It hurts the relationship. It doesn't heal it. And it hurts you too because here you are left carrying around this big, oh, heavy backpack. But if you choose to forgive, you refuse, even though it's hard, you refuse to make your spouse pay for what they have done. And, and really, we would all rather have justice, wouldn't we? We feel like that's fair. But what God is calling us to do is to forgive. But when you do forgive, your anger slowly becomes less. And this is much better than a lifetime of bitterness. It's much better than carrying around this big, heavy weight, this backpack. And you see, God wants you to be free. When you have the, the pack that is empty of all those um, wounds and hurts, then you're free. And this is when God says, I've given you this freedom. Don't overlook it. Don't refuse it. Walk with me in forgiveness. Well, how do I do this? How, how do you forgive? It is, is it easy? In some ways, it could be. It's a decision that you make. But the difficult part is to stop thinking about the hurt and the pain that someone has inflicted on us. Mm -hmm. Uh, for for me, this would mean don't keep telling my spouse about the trouble that she caused me. Uh, Ephesians tells us uh, that we are to be kind and tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving each other the same way, same way that Christ forgave us. So, so that means that thing that you did five months ago, I shouldn't say anything about it anymore. Yeah, you forgot about that already. Why do you forget it? Well, you... I can still remember it. Oh, well, then don't keep thinking about it. Okay. Maybe. You might. Right. I can stop thinking. Whatever you're thinking about. So forgiveness doesn't mean that you forgot. It means that every time the hurt comes to your mind, you send it away. You choose that you're not going to live on that as your truth. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it happened, but I'm going to choose to forgive because of the one who for, has forgiven me. Mm -hmm. So much in the Bible about how God takes the, the enormous sin that we have and does not remember it anymore. Mm. He says it, it's as far as the east is from the west, and it's just away from us. The way that Jesus forgave us ought to say something about how I would forgive someone else. 
Now, I have seen, I have laid eyes on some very big mountains. Think of the biggest one that you have ever seen. Um, I got to see Mount Everest through a long distance away. But we have been forgiven this enormous amount of wrong. And then when I think of what somebody else has done to me, which has hurt me, it's almost as if it's just this little rock in comparison to all the damage that I feel, I mean, that, that I have caused. But, and God has forgiven me that. But this little rock uh, represents what others have done to me. Is this too hard for me to forgive? Would this be something that I can let go of and say, God, please forgive that person. I forgive that person. And there's grace enough to allow that to happen. And so God, when we ask him for that, does provide for us at the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. We can come asking. We can come being desperate, and he will provide. We have to remember how abundant and how strong his grace is uh, to both of us. So sometimes we will need to ask for forgiveness. That might be a way that I, I think about what I have caused, the harm and the pain. Mm -hmm. And I used words that were unkind. I, I walked away sometime, walked out of the room being angry, or maybe I broke a promise, mm -hmm. or in some way there was a lie uh, mm -hmm. that I told, or truth that I did not tell, didn't tell the whole truth. I need to tell my wife all about that. I say, I've been thinking about what I did to you, and here's what it was. I did this, and I know that that was wrong, and I know that that hurt you. I can see it all over. I'm sorry that I caused that kind of pain and that hurt. And then to ask my spouse, would you be willing to forgive me? Is there any way I can make this better for you. And sometimes we have to let the silence do the heavy lifting so that we don't just fill the air with our words. We wait and we hear what she has to say, what he has to say. And when the time is right, and God will give you grace to know this, you may be able to say, will it be all right if I pray with you and and this is where grace becomes a very powerful powerful piece of our marriage in conclusion he prays for her and she prays for him he honors her she honors him he serves and he loves her and she serves and loves him. He forgives her. And she forgives him. And if they have children, they pray for them because they're going to carry the truth the distance. And their prayers are not hindered. And Christ our King is there to save your marriage. May the God of all grace strengthen and establish you together 
as you live under the protection of his covenant of grace and his covenant of love for you. As we conclude our time together, it's so important that I remember as a husband, and the wife would remember this as well, that we have been given so much grace, but that helps us to move closer in a more gentle way that would open up the spirit of our partner. And now we have an assignment for you. We'd like you each to take a turn, to take turns, and to walk through these three different steps. Uh, the first one is to think of a time when you have brought pain to your spouse. You may have injured her in some way in her heart or mind, and very humbly, and with a spirit of repentance and a spirit of grace, share this with your husband, your wife. And then look your spouse in the eye and ask for forgiveness, as we described. And if the other person wants to have forgiveness and they ask you, tell them how great is God's forgiveness to my own, to me, and say, yes, of course, I forgive you. I would love to forgive you. And then both of you, let the grace of Christ fill your hearts and then take a few minutes together to, to pray with joy and with thanksgiving. And God will strengthen you in this. <laughs> 